The pastor's sermon text is from um, Genesis 22, 16, and 17. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And then from Luke 1, 26 through 31. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. I had a good time preparing for this message today. I texted Valerie DeLuca in the middle of the day and said, I started asking her about how to get pregnant. She thought it was pretty funny. But what I was really wanting to know was what about the egg and what about all of, the, 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 all of this stuff that, that has to happen in order for the egg to get, get impregnated? All of that. I wanted to know the technical terms. This right here, and I'm going to find it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll tell you what it's called. This has been a learning experience for me. This is called an oocyte, or oocytes, I'm not sure which way you say it. This is an egg. This is an egg. I have some friends that just recently went through uh, fertilization processes, and, and yesterday they had an egg implanted so that they can have a baby. They had the egg implanted so that they can have a baby, and I got a picture of, of that egg, and it looked so much like this, but I didn't give you their egg. I gave you just one off the internet. And I'm getting deeper. Where's that shovel, Mark? <laughs> oh, man, sit down. Sit down. It's over. Well, you know, some people told me they didn't even miss me last week, so <laughs> it was so good. Isn't that right, Donna? And Abraham offered his only son. Abraham offered his only son as a sacrifice. And when he was about to, to pull the trigger, if you will, if he was about, as he was about to raise the knife and to kill his son, God provided a lamb. We talked about that two weeks ago. That God provided the lamb and God provided a way of escape for Isaac to be able to live. Why? Because we had to have a seed. We had to have a seed. It takes one seed to have a baby. One seed to have a baby out of the millions or billions or however many that there may be, it takes one. Isn't that a miracle in itself? Isn't that a miracle in itself? God saw the obedience of Abraham. 
and he accepted the sacrifice that was given, but he said, this is not the way I want it to be. Let me provide. Let me provide. And there, stuck in the bushes, was a lamb. Fast forward to Jesus. Fast forward to Jesus. Because of one seed from Abraham, we had Isaac. And then I told y'all two weeks ago how I don't like the begets. I don't like the begets in the Bible. But because of one seed from Abraham to Isaac, thus began the begets. Thus began the begets. God took a promise of one seed and he multiplied over and over and over and over. And the scriptures that we read today go to Jesus. They point to Jesus. They point to, to the love of God that given his son, Jesus Christ, for us. And you say, now preacher, it's about to be Easter and you're talking about the birth of Christ. Well, I'll tell you right now, there could be no Easter if it wasn't for a Christmas. There could be no Easter if it wasn't for a Christmas. With all the begatting and all of those things because of one seed after one seed after one seed, we begin to see that God had a plan. From the seed of Abraham to the seed of God. From the seed of Abraham to the seed of God. What did God tell Abraham when he was about to sacrifice his son Isaac? What did he tell him? He said, because you have done these things. Because you have obeyed me, I will find favor with you. I will find favor with you because you have obeyed me. You have followed through on what it is that I have told you to do. You've done everything up until the last minute of raising your hand to sacrifice your son. Because you have done these, God is faithful. Because you have done this, God is faithful. God said to Abraham, I will multiply what? Your seed. He didn't say I will multiply your seeds. He said your seed, your one seed, I will multiply it. That seed, that one seed is the only thing that we need that leads to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one thing that we need between us and heaven's gates. He says, I will multiply that one seed. And he began to multiply that seed and over and over and over. Even until today in the church, he has multiplied that seed to form us and who we are. Because we are his people. We are his people and we are called by his name. And we are called to make a difference in a world that is around us. And sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to do. We get so caught up in ourselves. We get so caught up and I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. 
We get so caught up in, in, and this is not the way I want to worship. I didn't like that song that they sang this morning. And Shelly, they never tell me that. You know, I think they ought to come to church on Wednesday night. Or I think they ought to come to church on Sunday morning. How about, I think we ought to worship Jesus Christ every day of the week. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we need to worship him because it was that one seed from Abraham that came down and down and down and has made us who we are. And we are made to worship Christ, to be obedient to him. It was proven through Abraham. It was proven through Mary and Joseph. He said, I will make your seed more than the stars in the heavens. I will make your seed more than the stars in the heavens. And we have those begats and we don't stop at those begats. We keep going. We keep going to where it's you and I. You and I. Who are descendants of Abraham, but not only of Abraham, of Jesus Christ himself. We are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. In the family of God. You and I, we are that seed. We are that seed. In the, in the miraculous conception of Jesus Christ, we know that Christ was born of Mary. But it wasn't the birth of Mary through Mary that made such a difference. What was it? What was it that made such a difference? But it was the blood that flowed in Jesus Christ. And that was the blood of God. The blood of God flowed through the veins of Jesus Christ. How much better can it get than that? How much better can it get than that blood of God flowing through Jesus Christ? There's a, there's a meme that says, uh, uh, I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that when a mosquito bites me, he goes away and he's singing, uh, Victory in Jesus. I want to be that full of the Spirit that the blood of God flows through me. That whatever, whoever sees me, whoever attacks me, whoever does anything with me whatsoever will know that Jesus Christ lives and flows through me. I want to be that person. I've got a long way to go. But I want to be that person. We all have a long way to go. We all have a long way to go. Before we know that we are in a point in our lives where Jesus Christ is the first and foremost thing in our lives. Because we want to hang on to the sin that is within us. We talk about sacrifice. We want to, we want to say, oh yes, I sacrifice. I got up and came to church this morning. I know the preacher's preaching. And I know Kel Joyner said that. He also told me that he was a cheerleader. Kel was a cheerleader. I think Powder Puff football, but he was a cheerleader. And I told him I would use that in a sermon this morning. What we know through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is that there is this cheer. I would have to kill do it, but I'm afraid he would. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's our Christian battle cry. V-I-C-T-O-R-I, victory! 
That is our battle cry. That is what we shout out. That is what we give out. That is what we show to everybody is that we have victory over sin. But we have to let that sin go. We can't like it so much that we're going to hold on to it. Whatever that sin is in your life, whatever it is that, that God is wanting to work out of your life, you've got to let it go. You can't keep holding on to it. I can't keep holding on to it. The church can't keep holding on to sin. We've got to let it go or we will never reach the sinner outside the walls. We've got to let it go. That sin may be hatred. That sin may be unforgiveness. That sin may be, may be financial uh, uh, security. and you, You're not about to, to, let, to, to sacrifice anything. That sin may be whatever that sin may be in your life. You know what it is. And you've got to let it go if you ever want to live a happy life. If you ever want to be truly be filled with the joy of Jesus Christ in your life and you truly want his blood to flow through you and you truly want to find a way that God is going to prepare you, then you've got to let the sin that you keep holding on to go because we like sin too much. We like it too much. There's power in the blood of Christ. There's power well, we're willing to lay down and to give up those things in our life. Now, when I was talking to Rick, my friend, yesterday, went down and visited with him for a couple of hours and, and sat with him and cried. I cried with him sitting on his back patio. Rick, I came here in... June of 2013 and in August of 2013, his daughter was killed in Colleen. And uh, some of you may remember back then when I went back for the funeral. But I sat on his patio and I cried with him. And he said, you know what, I, I gave up three things for Lent. And to me, those would be the three hardest things in the world to give up. He gave, well, one of them wouldn't be, I wouldn't substitute it. He gave up tea and coffee. I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I can substitute that for sodas. And he gave up Facebook. And his sister told him he was crazy. What do you think you're doing giving up Facebook for Lent? He said, because I love Facebook. And I've got to give up something. That is a sacrifice for me. I've got to give up something that is a sacrifice for me. Just this morning. Just this morning he texted me and he said, Errol, I've, I've messed up. I went back on Facebook so that I could see about Jake. And I said, you know what, Rick? Quit being so hard on yourself. Quit being so hard on yourself. And then I begin to think, with all that he's going through, sometimes God puts us through the, most, the hardest trials to see, are we really going to give up those things? Are we really going to give up those things? Are we really going to find a way to give up those things? Now, I, would, I, will, I will tell you again and again and again that God is not going to look down on Rick for looking back on Facebook to see his grandson. And God is not going to look down on us when we go back and we, sometimes we pick up those, those little things that maybe are not separating us from God that may not be sin in our lives.
but they are things that we sacrifice. And God wants us to give it up. He wants us to give up the sin that separates us from Him, which is exactly what sin is. Sin is that which separates us from God, right? No matter what it may be, something in your life may be sin when it may not be sin in my life. And there are some things that this sin, the Bible says it's sin, it's done, it's over. But God is saying to us, I gave you my son. I gave you my son all the way back to Abraham. All the way down. The begets. What are you giving me? What are you giving me? What are you going to give up? Jesus said in John chapter 10. He said, no man takes it from me. Over and over they had tried to get rid of Jesus. They tried different ways to try to get rid of him, to kill him. He said, no man takes it from me, but I lay it down, my life. No one can take our sins from us, whatever they may be. No one can take our hate, our deceitfulness. No one can take our Greed. No one can take those things from us that separate us from God. But only we that can lay down our life. We can be the only ones that will lay down those things. God in his son to defeat the devil in our lives. God sent his son to defeat the devil in our lives and it is through that, 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 that battle that was won for us. It is through that time when we look to God and we say, okay God, we want to give it all to you. It is through that that we have our salvation. That we have the assurance that we are going to make it through those pearly gates and we're going to get into heaven and we're going to be seated with God one day. But we want to pick it up. We want to make God, we want to make our Lord and our Savior work a little bit harder for our salvation. And we pick it up again and again and again. And we need to stop. We need to stop giving the devil his time in our lives. And we need to let God have all of us, all of our lives, our victories, our V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's our Christian battle cry. We fail in many ways. I can name some of your failures. I won't. And you can name some of mine, and I hope you don't. We like too many times, too much, 
We like our lives in a life of sin. My biggest sin is gluttony. The Bible tells us your sins will find you out. Well, it's pretty obvious for some of us. I'm not saying that's the only thing I have wrong in my life. Are you willing to admit to yours? Or do you want to keep trying to hide them from yourself? Because if we can hide them from ourselves, we can hide them from God. No, we can't. No, we can't. Can you imagine? Just imagine. If we lay down our sins, rebelliousness, hate, envy, greed, drunkenness, sexual immorality. If we were to lay those down, can you those down, can you imagine how much more God can use us? Can you imagine how much more that he'll be able to use us in a dark world? In a world, I'm telling you, is getting darker and darker. And God needs a light. And if we lay down those sins, how much more can he use us? How much more can he use even me? Yes. And you can say that. Even me. We have authority. You were waiting for that one, wasn't you? We have authority through the blood that flows through our veins. And that blood is filled with the Holy Spirit. The blood that Jesus shed on that cross is the same blood that fills our our veins. When we've accepted Him as our Lord and our Savior, and we have given our hearts and our lives to Him, and we've walked away from the sin that comes against us and fights us and comes into our lives, and we sometimes we want to hold on to it, but when we walk away from it, the blood and the power of the Holy Spirit flows through our veins. We just have to accept it. We have to accept it. Jesus Christ Himself was tempted. And what he told the devil was, no thanks. And the devil said, but I can give you all of this. I can give you everything. And Jesus said, no thanks. <laughs> I already have it. I already have it. If you think those things that would separate you from God will get you more in this world, you're wrong. Because he's already given us all that we need. He's already said, I will provide. Just like he did for Abraham and for Isaac. Jesus said, no, devil. I already have it all. We have it all. We have the power to forgive. We have the power to stop our deceit and our lies. 
we have the power to begin to change our lives to be in positive and to lift other people up no matter what they've done to us. But to lift them up through the power and the love of Jesus Christ just like he does for us and no matter what we have done to him. He says, I love you. I love you. We have that authority in our lives to give up our sin. We have to claim that authority. Just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did when he was being tempted. He claimed the authority that Jesus, that, that God had for him. He claimed that authority. He said, no devil, I already have all of this. Why would I make a deal with you? We need to quit as a church and as Christian people, we need to quit trying to make a deal with the devil and saying, said, oh, but just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, because Jesus is telling us, you have it all. You have it all. You have the authority for the victory. That V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's our Christian battle cry. We have that victory through the seed, one seed. One seed is all it took. That's all it takes. We have that authority through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ to overcome the sin that is within our lives and to live in victory day by day by day, minute by minute by minute. And sometimes we have to claim it over and over and over again. When you're on a football field, the cheerleaders don't quit yelling when you're losing. They yell a little bit louder, a little bit harder. They get the people all excited. They say, come on, come on, come on, stand up and yell. I'll yell a little bit louder for you. If you'll yell, yell a little bit louder for me. So, the Ositis. is the inner egg that could be billions of cells. But it takes one seed. It only takes one. It takes you. It takes me. It takes one to encourage somebody. It takes one to be encouraged. I'm very guilty. Someone will say to me sometimes, they'll say, hey, that was, that was, you know, they, they might even say, that was a good sermon. I say, oh yeah, well, you know, wasn't my best. But it takes us to accept. It takes us to be able to accept the victory in order for us to truly have it. We can fight battles within ourselves. We can fight our own wars. We can fight over and over and over again within us, but it takes us to be able to accept that we have received the victory in order 
that we can move on with our lives. Scripture says, and there's a song that says, Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. But I'm telling you right now that your morning is on the break. The morning is fixing to break and you're fixing to receive that victory as long as you will open up your heart and your arms and your mind and you will receive it into your life. God wants to give you that victory. He wants to give you that. He's pouring it out. He's pouring it out. And we take our umbrella and we hold it up so that we don't get wet with it. Put your umbrellas away. Soak in the victory that he wants to give you. Soak in the victory that he wants to give you and just go out and splash in the puddles of the love of Jesus Christ. Let him flood your soul. Take authority over the power of the blood of Christ in your life. Take authority over the power of the blood that flows through you. Accept his victory. Leave your sin at the altars. Leave your sin at the pews when you leave here because we'll sweep them up and we'll get them taken care of. But don't take them with you. Finally, walk away from your sin. And you know what it is. You know what it is. Some of you say, I have no sin. Maybe that's your sin. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God. We come to you imperfect people. Imperfect vessels. Imperfect jars of clay that you are molding. Dear God, we know that the devil wants to fill those jars of clay with doubt and greed and hate. With lies. With drunkenness. With disobedience. But we know God that as you pour in your spirit of love and compassion and, and honesty and integrity and, 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 and obedience. God as you pour those in that that. The, the bad of the devil just has to flow out and be gone because the two can't be in the same place. Let us receive the authority that you have given to us. Let us receive the authority that you have given to us and let us go from this place not downtrodden, not with our head down, but let us go from this place with our eyes open and sparkling because we know, God, that you are the God of forgiveness and love and compassion and reconciliation and relationships and to restore hope where hope seems to have been lost. Make us one with you. Make us one with you. Forgive us, Lord, for making you work so hard in our lives. 
But all you're asking for us is to let it go. When you're reminding us that I gave that one seed. And it's all that's needed. May your power flow, Lord, through us into this world of darkness. And if that darkness is in our hearts, cleanse us and bring to us a new light, a new hope, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of seeing those that we hate, those that have harmed us and hurt us. Let us see through your eyes. Let us love through your heart. Let us breathe through your breath. Let us receive that one seed that lets the blood of the Holy Spirit flow through us.